What's going on, everyone? Today's episode is an especially amazing one. We have the podcast host for Coindesk, aka Cams, uplifting women in Web3, women who Web3. It's an amazing show. She's an incredible human being doing the work every day. Absolute human legend. And I can't wait for you to hear it. So let's get into it. Welcome back to another week of Living with Will. For sure. much for coming uh it's an honor it's a pleasure and uh, i'm so happy that you could be here with us today yeah well i'm so excited thank you so much for inviting me so let's just get right into it i guess the you know the first question that i would ask is you know how did you begin this relationship and this journey with coindesk oh gosh it's a story um they made a whole they published a whole thing on it and everything but i'll tell you the inside um so I was actually on maternity leave at my first Web3 job at Blockdaemon, which is a blockchain infrastructure company. And I had no idea what blockchain infrastructure even was. I had no idea what staking was. I didn't know anything anything Web3 except what NFTs were because my husband had gotten me into it. And so I dove in the rabbit hole. I went to Surge Women, World of Women. I was all over Twitter, the discords. I was part of like 20 discords. Um, and I educated myself personally, and I kind of got a little bored um, on maternity leave because I'm that kind of person that wants to do a lot of stuff, had my hand in a bunch of pots. And so my company was like, hey, if you want to jump back in, there's this really cool conference called Consensus. You could learn a lot more about Web3. Apart from the education they already did for our onboarding, they did like a staking 101, a Web3 101 workshop for us to help us onboard. Um, and they were like, this is the perfect opportunity. You can even do research in person because my profession is user experience research. And so I was like, Ooh, what a great opportunity. But my manager was like, no, we don't need to work. Just go experience it. Have a good time. Learn. And I brought my three month old baby. I brought my husband. Um, and I saw this ad that was like, so you think you can podcast? And I was like, Ooh, I mean, and I've been told so many times you have a podcast voice. You should do it. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to sign up. And then they kept emailing me like, hey, it's your slot. It's your slot. Are you still coming? Um, And I was like, oh, crap. I forgot about it. And so I just happened to be walking around the NFT space and I ran into the Coindesk podcast booth and literally it was like 10 minutes before my slot. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and go check it out. And when I got there, all the producers were there. They had all these mics up, like road mics, professional mics, and they had crowds there. And I had my baby strapped to my chest. And, I, and they were like, hey, Cams, it's your turn. Um, can you talk for 20 minutes or 15 minutes on anything NFT or Web3? And I was like, oh, shoot, I have no idea. Because I was a newbie. I had just jumped in. I had like three NFTs at the time. Um, and I... They strapped me up to the mic and I just kept talking. I don't know what happened. I was inspired by um, the disparity of women in the Web3 space. Um, I talked about how it was hard to find out how to educate myself in Web3. I talked about the technical barriers that existed, how how inaccessible it was, um, not only for women, but everyone who's not highly technical. And it was hard to understand how to set up a wallet. There was um, so many scams rampant. And the producers were like, whoa, 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 okay, you've gotten 20 minutes. You're like, 
overtime cut and I was like what that went by so fast and the crowd that had gathered was like clapping like hire her get her she's the one um and the producer was like so you want to do this and I was like what and heck yeah I took the opportunity and I ran with it that is one of the best stories I think I've ever heard and I also what what a great distinguisher of what our industry looks like that you were speaking about the issues that exist within it. And they were like, we need to put her on a platform like that. I don't know another industry where you're like holding like big ag. If you are like talking about the problems of agriculture, they arrest you. Like <laughs> yeah, what an amazing industry and what an awesome, like powered of Coindesk for, for knowing that, you know, you had a voice that needed to be heard. That's amazing. Well, well, you know, I didn't even think about that, but it's very reflective of what the Web3 culture is, which is transparency, authenticity, um, ownership, uh, and security. And so I think I've never thought of it that way. Thanks for pointing that out. No, it's, it, it's one of the reasons that I've been around so long, despite like, you know, you were saying the the difficulty of explaining this technology, first of all, from someone also with, you know, little to no tech background. I was just in it because I was interested in it, but I didn't, I don't know how to code. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't something that came very easily. And so trying to break down those boundaries and barriers is, is something that is, you know, it doesn't come very easily and we need as much help as we can get. So, you know, as you're getting more into things with Coindesk, you know, what is it in the Web3 space right now that that is interesting most to you? Like what is, what is exciting you about the space right now? Gosh, what a good question. Um, it's really, so I just got off a space where we were talking about how luxury brands could thrive. And it went in such a different direction that we started talking about Web3 for good and Web3 for authenticity and traceability. And there's so many use cases for Web Web3 technologies. For example, something I'm really, really passionate about is providing resources for people who are underbanked, people who are unbanked in general. Um, I think it, we've talked about this many times, but in the United States, we're used to instant monetary transactions. That is not the case for a lot of countries outside the US. And with blockchain technology, this is a reality for those people. And we don't realize how life-changing this is to be able to pay your bill in an instant. I, myself, I pay all my bills on an app um, and I'm done. Like, bam, bam, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Some people across different countries, they have to walk to a different village. They have to, uh, transactions can take weeks to go through. Um, and think about it to get paid as well it can take weeks to go through imagine if every two weeks you're not getting paid on that salary for example um, or you're not able to get your check um and then also supply chain um we were talking about luxury brands i was telling them i just bought some red bottoms because your girl's gonna be speaking at a conference that was yes <laughs> yes and that's the first time i've ever bought something so expensive material wise um not like a laptop or something but clothes i don't think i've ever purchased something that expensive and the first thing that came to mind was how do i know this is authentic and that's something that blockchain technology can address is authenticity traceability and making sure that for example this clothing or this shoe is truly from this maker or from this brand um, and being able to tell on the blockchain that this fruit is actually organic and from an organic farm um, and that this particular 
a grocery item really is nut-free or gluten-free. Um, we kind of just automatically trust the labeling. And unfortunately, in this in this day and age, it's easy to, to, to scam. And so being able to have that security, that trust that Web3 can give us is what I'm really excited about. Yeah, no, that's I, I'm I'm 100% here with you. It's it's a really you you bring up a great point too because it's like we have this trust in institutions, but unfortunately, it's like we don't know that we can trust them. We just choose to. But with blockchain, you can verify that trust, and it so it's trustless in that way. So in in so far as you know, CoinDesk as a company, when you are like doing your due diligence, let's say on like a guest or on an article. Um, what are some ways that you are able to navigate that and and verify it when it's you know things that are off chain? Yeah, well, since I can't, since right now we don't have the incredible ability to verify people's identities and things on on chain. Um, for example, if someone is like a guest, and I haven't had this yet, but let's pretend someone's like, oh, it's an Oscar nominated guest. We really have to do careful due diligence and Google and really find it. There's a lot of sites, you know, there's sites outside of Web3 that Web2 companies could really utilize blockchain technology for. For example, the Oscars or the Emmys, they could put who won our reward on the blockchain as well to authenticate it. Um, certificates, for example, I didn't even think about this, but degrees like education, all sorts of certifications could be on the blockchain. But um, going back to like how we kind of do it, every single guest, I deep dive into their past. Like I'm all over it. I scan their tweets, their LinkedIn's, I watch their videos, their TED Talks, I read their books. Like I'll listen to the audiobook on like 3x sometimes just if I never like the next day and um I really I really think in order to provide valuable content, you really have to care. And um so that's something I also love about the web3 spaces. Um we were just talking about how people who purchase things for web3 assets like NFTs for example, these people aren't consumers but they're brand ambassadors and um fostering a, a events and spaces and environments for people to connect at a deeper level and create community around brands um is is so key for success in the web3 space and so to mirror that with all of my guests with all of the content we curate i double triple check everything to make sure that we're not spreading misinformation especially cuz it's in my nature as a researcher to check everything a million times yeah no that's a great point and and I, that's it's funny that we both come from like research backgrounds like i was a data analyst at the beginning no way! Yeah. <laughs> it must be something to do with uh we you know the 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 thirst for knowledge it must it, right? something to do with that so for people that are getting into like the podcast game or they're trying to like develop the art of of conversation um what are some you know pitfalls or some tricks that you learned along the way that you could you would go back to your earlier self and be like hey this is this is how you do this or someone getting into it what would you say to a novice podcaster gosh um I have some really great tips. We could be here all day. We could have a podcast on this, a series on this. But um, let me give you immediately what comes to mind. Um, the first time I did a podcast with Coindesk, we kind of, we kind of, we threw a couple out um, because it was just Tester, and um, we redid one of them. And so she's back on. She's on the podcast, but um, uh, something I asked, and I hear this all the time on podcasts, but 
the podcast host will ask the person, so who are you? What do you do? Tell us about yourself. When you can really cut all that out and, and announce the guest and talk about their bio um, or share the bio on the website, because it feels like it kind of pulls away. It, it, it pulls away from the content that they could be sharing that's new. Um, I think a brief, like just a bio, a brief, like this is who this person is, and then allow them to talk about like what excites you, something that they're excited to talk about. Um, it changes the energy of the podcast for sure. Um, and my guests are always like, oh my God, you're such a good host. Thank you so much. Or, oh, wow, I didn't know you knew that about me. And um, you really care. You really did your due diligence. Um, instead of just throwing someone on the podcast, please watch a, watch a video, read a book, like read their uh, the last couple of tweets they did, learn about what is important to them um, besides their bio or who they are. And then second, don't associate the guest with just their brand or let's let's say let's say um I don't know I have someone from Microsoft come on um I'm not going to say oh and Microsoft's this and this I'm going to say this person who works at Microsoft because then it perpetuates this culture that we are a part we are our job and really we are this beautiful energy and and leader who is contributing our skills to this company um and so just disassociating the person from from their work and um, in a good way and in a way that is not alienating their their company, but is sharing that, you know, this person is the one we're having on the podcast, not Microsoft, for example. Nothing against Microsoft. I love Microsoft, but. Yeah, I love that. And that's, that's such great advice. Um, I was having a conversation with this on a similar topic, you know, a, a, a bit of a tangent, but similar thinking where. I was trying to explain to someone where they were like, we need to like get the word out about this space. I was like, it's not necessarily that the word needs to get out about Web3. People are, are hip to Web3 at this point. It's like, we need to start explaining the people that are within it because that's what's exciting. It's like the technology is exciting, but it's like the people I've met that work in this industry, I, like that's what wakes me up in the morning. The technology is awesome, but it's the innovators. It's the, it's the leaders. It's the, it's the ideas and the, the ethos and the transparency, you know, um, which, which, you know, like you said, it gets fogged up when you just put a blanket statement like Ethereum or Microsoft. It's, it's different when you're like Vitalik is, you know, yeah. so environmentally friendly with his company. Like that's gnarly. <laughs> yeah. I want to know the person, like what's different about you and what are you bringing to this space? What are you bringing to your work? Um, what energizes and motivates you that you can pass on to others? Um, that's really what's exciting for me too. <laughs> what have been some ideas or some people that you've been introduced to through your work that, you know, you want to highlight while you're, I know there's a million that probably come to mind, but <laughs> most uh, recent, some recent ones. <laughs> uh, recently? Um, some of them haven't launched. What is this launching? Because, so we had, oh, go ahead. <laughs> I, I'll let you go, I'll let you go. Um, so recently we had the founders of Hug on the podcast, um, Debbie Soon and Randy Zuckerberg. And let me tell you, I was fangirling inside, like just absolutely fangirling. They're incredible leaders, have done so much. And I'm telling you, I'm talking to millionaires, billionaires. I'm talking to women who have millions of people following them, who have people, they post good morning and they get it retweets like 800 times, you know? Um, and so 
I've been introduced to so many different women. Um, Shelly Zalis most recently started kicked off our first episode on this on this season. And she is the founder of the Female Quotient and the CEO, and they're driving the um, gender equality. And we found out oh, every person I talk to, I find and I learn so many statistics that are really doom and gloom, but make me like, you know what? Fuck that. We're going to change the conversation. We're going to change the narrative. Um, and so Shelly Zalis actually just huge name incredible entrepreneur but she had me in tears on the call like really talking about life and what's most important and there's this thing that's going around with touching grass and <laughs> with every every single leader I've brought onto my podcast has some sort of self-care routine and I think that's so important for everyone to have a chance to take a break every single day as much as possible and have just a couple breaths to themselves. Um, mindfulness and breathing and self-care goes such a long way. It can be the difference between snapping at someone, a new opportunity, a deeper relationship, a marriage surviving, your kids loving you. Like there's so many different things that it's, it's attributed to. And so Randy Zucker, oh my God, Robin Arson was on the podcast. I was like, OMG, the, the head of... Um, of programming at Peloton, like, wow, what a badass. Like, I I brought up that I read, like, I was reading her book. It's called Shut Up and Run. And I was like, okay, let me see this. I hadn't run in months. And I used to run half marathons. I ran five half marathons. I used to run five to eight miles every day in the morning, five times a week for years. And at 33 years old, and I was like nine months postpartum, I hadn't done too much exercising and I wasn't feeling like, I felt like my body wasn't ready for it and literally read her book. And it, within 13 pages in, I was like, fuck it. I put on my gym clothes. I dusted off my treadmill and I went for a run. That's how motivating she was. And so those are kind of the most recent speakers that we've had. Um, we had Hedera's leadership come on. Um, that was really interesting. It was the first podcast that I literally had no idea what to even ask like it was about regulation um um policies um we had someone who'd worked on capitol hill we had someone who uh was an was an expert in financial inclusion and i'm not those things i'm just learning still and so it was such a beautiful conversation we stayed after the podcast still talking uh, because we were um and um, a lot of the times when I have these leaders on, I'll tell them, you know what, when you said this, I didn't understand that. And they're, and I've never had a woman say, oh, yeah, don't worry, just read this or that. They're like, no, I want you to understand this. We're going to talk and we're going to talk about it and we're going to and I'm going to help you understand. And so we've sometimes my my producers like hit the record button and she's just like, just go again. I'll put it in somewhere. <laughs> I love that. That's so genius. And I think that's one of the, the beautiful parts about us having conversations with people that like have higher knowledge in certain areas than we do. It's like, that's the normal human probably has no idea what, what programming looks like. So having someone as, as, you know, executive level as a, a company like Peloton, be able to talk about programming or having someone from the Hill talk about government, like right. what, 
you know, in, in, in these formats that we get, it's the, the way that we can pass on knowledge right now is, is so exciting. And so, so when you're, you know, interviewing guests, what is the angle that you're coming at it from? You know, uh, for me, I'm just trying to educate folks to help them pursue purpose and passion in their own lives, right? That would, I guess, be my mission statement. What is, what is the, the mission statement that drives you when you're doing the interviews? I'm going to write it right now. I'm just kidding. I don't, <laughs> and that's a good, I mean, I should do that. I should have a mission statement. I have themes that drive me. Um, so that first theme is education, as you mentioned. Second is, um, is mindfulness. Uh, and then third is really helping people understand from experts. Like I want the I want the absolute tip top, tip top, most recent ex understanding and expertise on Web3 technologies and news. Um, I really care a lot about having quality content. And so coming, as you mentioned, like, I didn't even think about that. Having the absolute, like the top of the top, the people who are working at the forefront of this technology, talking and educating about it is is very authentic. It's very... Um, I think it's very like exclusive, but we're making it inclusive, the knowledge, you, as you mentioned, and this is an evolutionary trait. I'm a psychology major, with, so I'm like all into that. But um, evolutionary psychology um, states that storytelling was a survival skill back in the day. And so storytelling still exists now, like hearing hearing a different story from, for example, you know, a billionaire, hearing a story from a billionaire might change your life. Hearing a, hearing a story from someone who, you know, uh, might not be a billionaire, um, might be down on their luck, um, has an an equally important story to tell that has is going to help you reach wealth creation or avoid mistakes or help uh, accelerate your trajectory to success or a leadership position, for example. Um, and so the story, I think, is the absolute uh, number one thing that is my mission. Like, I want to hear their stories. I want to hear stories that other people want to hear. I want to hear stories that are going to change someone's mindset. Um, and so uh, for the first season of the podcast, we really focused a lot more on education and stories. And then this season, we're kind of more focusing on, okay, we have the base knowledge of what Web3 is, of what NFTs are, Um we could probably have more education on smart contracts, which we're working on and things of that nature, like what runs, what powers blockchain technology, what is it and what are the building blocks? But um, yeah, the second season, more actionable items. We're focused on understanding the more complex topics, as I mentioned, regulation and, and talking to a wide variety of leaders who are working on so many different things like gaming. I want someone who's an expert in AI because um, AI is huge right now. Um, and uh, we're looking for people, of course, to talk to builders. And we want to talk to people like, for example, like the co-founder of Tezos and like talking to all sorts of people like that. I love that. That's so amazing. And you're at, by the end of this journey, the amount of knowledge that you will have accumulated will be <laughs> insane. You're, you're going to have one of the, you know, like pinky in the brain. You're just going to have one of those heads that's just like <laughs> filled with knowledge. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I remember that show. They always asked the same question. They were like, what are we going to do tomorrow? And he'd be like, take over the world. Yep, exactly. <laughs> we're just doing it in a positive way. 
We're yeah. writing about positive makeovers. Yeah, I think in Peaky of the Brain, they had more nefarious yeah. motivation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what they say, it's, uh, what is it? The, the hero and the villain have the same origin story. It's like the villain was hurt and wants to hurt others. The hero is hurt and wants no one to be hurt again. Wow, I've never heard that. That's my that, blame. Isn't that beautiful? Um, <laughs> so it's about storytelling. Um, you know, we're both we're both avid fans of stories. I would love, um, what's a story that you would tell the audience, one to, to inspire or motivate people? Do you have any on hand? Oh my gosh. Um, I used to be an advisor for college students and I used to teach. And something that resonated with me the most was, oh, and by, for context, um, these students were first generation students with documented disabilities or students who come from low income families. Um, and so something I shared recently pertaining to the web three space was my mom grew up in the Philippines and she was very happy, had eight brothers and sisters, had uh, parents who, you know, if they acted bad, they had to kneel on like dried rice for their punishment. I don't know if you've touched dried rice, but I can imagine kneeling on dried rice. Um, and they had chickens and they had a farm and they would take their goods and sell them into the next village. Like literally like hundred cent, like a, like a, not hundred century, like 10th century stuff. And it's crazy. Cause that was just a, like a couple decades ago. And my mom grew up without a refrigerator. And so she emigrated to the, to the United States, the whole thing, married an army man in the United States and came over and had the babies. And, um, all she cared about was that her daughter and her kids were able to have an incredible life and she wanted us to be happy. And so she pushed us, pushed us, pushed us to get straight A's. If I got an A minus, like the whole thing, it's real, like the dragon mom kind of thing. I know it's like a, you know, it's a stereotype, but unfortunately, I mean, it's like literally in my life. And um, when I got an A minus, she was pissed. Um, and so um, that inspired, it pushed me to go to Harvard. It pushed me to go and get the most top tier education and to go after the top tier jobs. And um, it made me who I am, but also the inspirational part of the story, which is not that, is in college because of this 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 push and this motivation for my mom that didn't come intrinsically for me. It was an external motivation that, and a fear that if I don't ex perform a certain way, um, that I am not worthy of love, for example. And so I changed my major a million times um, in college because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And then I went to my master's program immediately after undergrad, which I don't recommend. I recommend going abroad or doing something else. Um, but the moral of the whole entire story is it really doesn't matter what background you come from. Everything is inside of you to become who you want to be. Um, and when you adopt a growth mindset, for example, um, it can propel you to higher places. So when I was in college, my mom said, you have to do this. And I did that. I hated it. And I wasn't good at it. And so I went to a different major. I, I was good at it, but I hated it. Went to a different major. Um, but each time I learned something new and instead of giving up and dropping out of college, I would say, you know what, let me learn something else. If I don't like that, I'm gonna try something else. Um, and so I really think that um, 
adopting the growth mindset can help you navigate any sort of difficulty in life. Um, and it's not it's not like blind optimism. It's okay. I have all these challenges. What are my solutions? What are my options? Um, and then sticking with it and putting in the effort to overcome them. Um, and I love where I'm at right now in life. And I'm very happy. That's <laughs> you know, some days are not that great, especially today where I have a cough, but it's it. all these opportunities, just grab them. And if they don't, if you don't like it, try something else. <laughs> That's amazing advice. And um and such a such an inspirational story on so many levels. Um, you mentioned this like incorporating of growth mindset into your own life was something you had mentioned earlier on was this idea of mindfulness. What was like the catalyst to you having these realizations, and and what does that look like in your day to day life? Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is another story that I could probably spend all day on. But um, having the upbringing that I had, I didn't have room to understand how to regulate my own emotions. Um, I was very like, I'm not allowed to be angry. I'm not allowed to be angry at my parents. I'm not allowed to be sad. I'm not allowed to do this. And so I bottled them up a lot. And I noticed that in children and adults that I navigated around, it depended on what environment they were raised in, that they were able to navigate relationships efficiently. And what I mean by that is when it comes to relationships, personal or professional, it doesn't matter. Emotions are everywhere. And in the professional space, emotions are pretty much a stigma. But what people don't understand, and maybe some people have seen, even like, I think um, Gary V talked about this on LinkedIn a couple of days ago, Liz um, Foslian, who is a go-to-market leader, who I would love to have on my podcast too, by the way, you should talk to her too. Um, they talk about um, how to like, how to catalyze navigating relationships and professional development and how to improve who you are um, and to achieve success in the workplace, at home, family, um, by navigating emotions mindfully. Like it's a huge thing. Um, let's say you get an email that's like, hey, I saw your plan um, and we know that you put a lot of work into it, but we're going to go with this instead. Now, the person could say, fuck you guys, I'm going to quit, blah, blah, blah. Or if they understand their emotions and they realize what their emotions are, maybe it's anger or sadness or disappointment, they could say, hey, that's disappointing. Um, how about we use this, this, and this because it makes sense to, or it's synergistic with this idea instead. And so there's different ways that you can, you will respond in life. And I think with mindfulness and with the path that I've chosen, and it's something that I try every single day, I work on it really hard and some days I don't do it, but we have the decision every single day to choose how we respond and regardless of what emotions come up um, and to be mindful of emotions like anger, sadness, depression, and to realize them and having coping strategies for them if they're mindful or meditation or something like that. Um, will help us navigate life in so many different ways. And I just posted an article about this on LinkedIn because I was like, there's just too much about this. Um, I hope that answers your question. It definitely does. I'm so grateful. Um, and it, it's something that I try to incorporate in my own life, you know, as as I've been living longer and, you know, dealing with things. Um, it is It is very important to be able to sit with and recognize exactly what you were saying. Like not every emotion is going to be good. There's going to be negative emotions, but how we react to them is entirely within our control 
it's just a matter of like honing that self-control through mindfulness and, and breathing. Um, but I'm so grateful for your time. And I, you know, I, I want to let you get some rest. And I, I know you got a profession that requires speaking. So I'll let you rest up and <laughs> drink some tea. But, um, you know, just to wrap it up, is there anything that you wanted to say to people, say to the audience um, while you had the time? Um, I would love to give you that, give you that floor. Oh, shoot, I can anyway. chill right now? Of course you can. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, well I'm just infinitely grateful for your incredible voice and energy thank you so much and I felt immediately when we connected on zoom I was it felt like we've been talking for a long time but literally we've only been exchanging a couple messages and I really appreciate your energy and your positivity and your smile um I guess um something I'm always showing is the women who web three podcast on coindesk we have new shows that are every Wednesday um they drop right in the morning you can binge season one and season two um and also at consensus 2023 april 26th through 28th we're having a women who web 3 lounge a literal like haven at the conference um it is catered towards women leaders but of course anybody is welcome we want to foster an inclusive and safe environment for education um for the web3 space and we're actually going to have some catered programming i will have mindfulness meditation every single morning which i will lead everyone through in person um and i'm really excited about all things web3 um, reach out if you're interested in UX research or if you're interested in the podcast or being on the podcast. Thank you so much, Will. That was amazing. Just a bump in the road, minor setback. I cannot forget that. You see me sell soft, I regret that. I carry the supply like a kid pack. And you ain't have to talk, you just stare back. You already know where my head at. I'm trying to get this bread, Jack. And really, I ain't trying to hear that. It's clear that shit a nigga talk about really done did that i really done lived that well you wouldn't want your kids at you wouldn't want your crib back nigga i can't even sit back without the strap nigga i can't even relax without the pack it's all on the line nigga i can't even fall back i fell down but i crawled back looking for the money power respect all that a true hustler what you call that got me feeling like mf doom on all caps Put your money on the laws, man, they told y'all wrong. Dewan already sold y'all songs. Records from the heart that was hot like the stove still on. The herd dripping while it closed the lawn. The frozen arm. Compliment the golden charms. I make chess moves on facade. I'm so nonchalant. All with the flick of the wrist. Savage triple double steals and assists. It's like I'm running the point. Oscar Robinson puffing his joint. With 40s and 4 fives. That's a lot of points. I write crime like Donald Goins, hustle for the coins, breaking down chicken tenderloins. Money make a lot of shit, null and void, life you can't avoid, keep it with me cause I'm paranoid. Big Glock shots make a scary noise, keep it very poised, turn your group of men into scary boys.